0: More smart people are getting trapped in dumb arguments they should never have. And Lori Pune is joining me today to talk about how we can fight less and love more with five-minute conversations to change your relationship without blowing up or giving in. She's joining me today on Amy's Table. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, you give so much good information, and I've talked to you before when your book first came out, but now so there's been a new development, huh? It's out in paperback? That's
1: right. Fight Less, Love More is new in paperback. It's uh, on sale now, and in fact, if you purchase the book and email me your receipt for the paperback through fightlesslovemore.com, we are giving away a free bonus toolkit, which is... An online motivational video of me you can watch with your significant other, learn together about the three truths of the modern marriage, and also the ultimate action guide you can do with your spouse. So those are free bonuses if you're interested. But Fight Less, Love More has what we're going to talk about today and even more to help you improve your relationship in one day.
0: Well, you know, I think it's so interesting how you even got involved in the whole relationship field. And it's your law degree. Were you a divorce lawyer? Well, I actually did divorce
1: mediation, okay. so um, I attempted a more peaceful route in the world of divorce. Uh, I did do traditional litigation um, when I after I graduated from Harvard Law School, but it wasn't long after that that I began writing books and talking about the power of words and discovered that through my couples mediation practice, where I began to work with couples who wanted to stay together, which is a lot more satisfying, let me tell you.
0: Sure, of course, of course. Um,
1: I found that there were really truths that came out. And once I brought new awareness to the situation and worked with couples on developing new verbal skills, they were able to see dramatic improvements quickly. So my book really was a natural outflow of, you know, look, I have the legal mind. I'm not a therapist, but I'm here to say we can make small changes today that lead to big results. And it's simple and easy to do. And I thought, why not share this with everyone in the book with, you know, what's already working for people?
0: Well, I've got to say that I think your advice is really good and really solid, and that's why I was excited to talk to you again. But I've got to say, you included a little blurb that's kind of sobering. Your studies show that the average couple fights two times per week, that the conflict actually suppresses a person's immune system and health, and for married couples, two-thirds of their arguments are left unresolved. And that is not a very pretty picture.
1: It is not a pretty picture, but what I bring to it is: first, I want to say the truth is that happy couples do fight, so we shouldn't aim to eliminate all conflict. It's okay if you even fight twice a week, but the goal in a fight is to reach a solution. Right. Right. It's not to hear, uh, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It's to reach a solution so the same mistake or problem doesn't rear its ugly head again the next day, and that's why when couples are, you know, sucked into that kitchen sink argument um and those bad fights where you finish and you don't even know what happened <laughs> in the fight yes you're going to have the same argument in the next week so i try to teach very practical relationship skills cuz i like to to see it this way amy everyone has a fight routine we all when we get into one of those fights have certain things we say and then our mate responds you know by saying well you know th- that's not true and then we say yeah well when you did this 2 years ago And they say, well, when you did that four years ago, and then someone slams the door, and then someone leaves the room, and then someone chases him. I mean, this is particular. And then somehow you resolve it by somebody just says enough already.
0: Exactly. You give up more than resolve.
1: You give up, and you don't resolve. And that's a fight routine. And even the best of us, we start off in love. We start off feeling empowered and happy, and we're perfect. And guess what? People are different. We have different preferences and ideas. And with men and women today, many of us are working full-time, Gender roles are sort of out the window. Each family has to decide for itself what expectations, what role play, what child care division is going to work for them. And as time goes on, you know, a lot of unstated expectations become full of resentment. And we get into these fights and we don't resolve anything. So I say even the best of us, there's this natural downward slide in relationships. But if we're aware of it and we build for ourselves a fight routine, we have to consciously choose to do something different, and I described very quickly how to do that and Fight Less, Love, More. But the first step is to realize we're two decent people, you know, in, in a relationship that's got problems. But yep. If we're two decent people trying to work it out, we can make some changes in our
0: verbal skills and see great results quickly. So I think if you if you make a, a pact that you're going to teach treat each other as two decent people, that's key. Well, you know, I, I believe that when I spoke to you last, we actually talked about the eliminate all dumb factual arguments. And I think to me, this is such a great tip. When they sit there and bicker with each other about, you know, no, the entree was ninety nine. No, it was twenty seven ninety nine. And go back and forth, and you bring up something so smart. Check the facts. Don't surmise. Don't bicker over it.
1: That's right. And laugh at ourselves a little. I mean, yeah. we, realize we, we get sucked into these verbal flaws. So, you know what? Oh, my gosh, honey, we're arguing about a fact again. That's so silly. Let's go check on the computer. Yep. Or I like to say, let's eliminate the post-argument argument. That's the one where you've already reached a settlement or some form of peace. And then you have just one more thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing blows up again in your face.
0: Why does that
1: happen? Because that little ego within us says, you know what, it's okay that he agreed with the outcome, but I really want him to agree with my reasons for the outcome. Yeah, That's controlling behavior. You know, we have to accept the truth is we're two different people. We're going to have different reasons to get to the same result. Be happy you got to the same result.
0: I I think your, your statement of lock your lips, quit while you're ahead... I mean, that's, that's right. so true. If you've resolved it or reached a common ground, don't flare it back up. And these sound so simple as we're sitting here talking about it, but in the heat of the moment with your spouse, your significant other, it's a little bit harder. So, how do you suggest to sort of practice this until it becomes a behavior?
1: Sure. Well, you know, the second truth of the modern marriage is really important for us to remember every day. And this may, you know, shock some listeners, but here it is love is conditional. Conditional love dies a slow and natural death unless we keep the conditions for love alive: respect, appreciation, intimacy, compassion, cooperation. You know, love in a marriage or a committed relationship is really not the same, Amy, as loving a child. Right? Our child, he or she, he or she could spit at us in the face, and we'll scream and yell. But you know what? We will love that child no matter what.
0: Yeah, it's so true.
1: Okay. Even if you're not speaking to your child, you love your child. You know your goal is, in an effort to disconnect, will bring them back. I mean, whatever it is, you just never ever give up. But when your mate spits in your face, forget it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's dead to me. <laughs>
1: when you say get out of the house, you don't mean get out and then come back. You mean get out and get out. Yeah. You know, so we expect respect and from our mates. We have to realize that each and every day, the words that we choose have a tremendous power. You know, and just like we would know exactly what to say to piss our mate off, we know what to say to make him feel really good. Mm-hmm. A- and I like to say we're all as in a committed relation supposed to be our mate's head cheerleader. And that means thanking him for partial credit. You know, let's say he brings home the milk and it's whole milk, even though you want 2%. Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, do you even look in the refrigerator? You know.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing because, sadly, that's what I would be like, oh, how'd you get this? I wouldn't go, oh, thanks for getting the milk, and I know I should. Well, actually, I'm going to be
1: fair, though. I, we're human beings. You don't have to go, thank you for getting the wrong milk, but you could say, thanks for getting the milk because I didn't have to go out of the house to get it. Thank you. But in the future, please know that we drink 2% milk. It has a 2 on the carton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really nice if you got that one next time. That's what partial credit.
0: Yeah, that's partial. good. That's good. First Thanking for partial credit. That is you know, good.
1: And don't forget to recognize, you know, character compliments in your mate. We asked people, um, as I was writing Fight Less Love More, would you would you we did a survey and asked, would you rather your mate compliment you for being kind or being good looking?
0: I'm sure kind is actually the, the response, isn't it?
1: Eighty four percent said kind. Yeah. So for the husband or wife listening who thinks You know, what am I going to tell me how he looks great in that suit? You know, I love his haircut again or her sweater for the hundredth time. No, it's nice to say that sometimes. But really, when your husband takes his mother to the doctor, it is your job as the head cheerleader to say, you are such a generous son. That was so kind of you to go there with your mother.
0: Yep. Those are the little things that it's easy for a couple to forget. Well, what we come to expect
1: from our mate, we come to Neglect. In the beginning when we date, we notice all the good things because we're, like, floored that there's someone out there who could, like, follow through on his promises, you
0: know? (laughs) Yeah. And,
1: like, do everything he says he's going to do. But then as life goes on, um, as soon as every expectation is met, we just think, well, that's what he's supposed to do, so why should I even say thank you? Well, the answer is he doesn't really have to do it. And appreciation is a job in a relationship. And think about the word appreciation. Appreciate. To appreciate something means to make it grow. Yes. In value. What is our, why are we in a committed relationship? Why do we do this? Because we feel valuable in it. We feel that we're contributing and we're getting and we're enhancing and we're living life more fully. So that's why it's our job to value and appreciate our mate. That's why we are there together.
0: You know, it's all good. It's a good little reminder for couples, even if they're not fighting, a good little reminder to, to re-up re re, your... brain a little. Exactly. And re-up the reasons that you got in there in the first place, you know. Well, I, I want to make sure we get to your last two points before we're out of time. And I know that the engage, don't enrage is worth talking about for sure. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, that's right. That's when your mate has an opinion and you totally don't agree with it. Now, nowadays, it could be something political. <laughs> um, it could also be, you know, any, anything else that, you know, has to do with work or health or family or children. You have to realize in certain situations, if, the goal, if you're not trying to reach a joint decision, you know, if a decision doesn't need to be made and you're just talking about opinions, you're not going to change your mate's mind. So when you have a conversation about something you disagree upon, realize my goal is to understand it is not to change my mate's mind and if you feel your mate is pushing at you to change your mind just look at him and say you know what we really disagree about this and i'm happy to talk about it and listen to your perspective but let's not try to change each other's mind because that's just going to result in a bad fight Yep. lay it on the table
0: And that's one of those controlling behaviors, you know, that you mentioned earlier. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. You should be able to have that conversation. Well, let's just say they've pushed you too far on that. I think it's important to talk about pitch pitch a perfect apology, as you say.
1: That's right. The perfect apology. Step one, make a mountain out of a molehill. And that means, say, I made a big mistake. I never should have done that. Instead of you're overreacting. You know, you're so sensitive. I didn't really mean it. Now realize, again, that comes back to the core truth, which is that two people have different perspectives. So don't argue about whether the mistake was big or small.
0: Right. Just
1: say it's big. And the second part is used the because clause. cause. I'm sorry because. Because I disrespected your time when I forgot about our plans and came late. Because I betrayed you when I told my friend about the argument we had had the night before. Now maybe you didn't mean it. But that is what happened. Your mate felt betrayed. And remember those court conditions you need for love to survive? Well, when those lines get crossed, they diminish your love. But when you apologize and recognize it, you actually enhance your love because you're showing such deep compassion. And so step three in the perfect apology is you offer a plan of prevention so you won't make the same mistake again. And that's also step three in A Good Fight, which I write about in Fight Last Love, More. You know, a good fight, a good apology is future-focused. We can't change the past. But we can say, look, I betrayed you. I don't want to do that again. Can we talk about what topics we should keep private and not share with others in the future?
0: You know, this is really, I mean, it sounds simple, but it's really good. In fact, I'm going to make sure to put all the elements of your perfect apology on amystable.com. And we'll put a link to your site with all of the information about your book. And you've got some great tips and videos. And I just think that this is a good read for everybody in a relationship. Whether you fight or not, you can fight less, love more. Uh, if you check this out. And the website again, Lori, is tell me that lesslovemore dot com. Perfect. And I'm gonna put all of your tips on Amy's dot com. But Lori Pune, it's great to talk to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna practice some of this. And Thank I'm gonna you. teach my husband how to give the perfect apology. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> learn too. And you should, because if he didn't
1: read the book and you did, you know something. So you could coach it along, That's right. along. helpful.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Lori.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin on Q102.